Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. If you don't have the notes, raise your, lift your hand. Lift your hand. We'll get notes to you <clears throat> as the as the notes are going forward. We're I can't go really any further without us uh, taking a militant posture as a church to pray for what's going on in our world. Um, let's all stand up, if you would, as the congregation uh, of the righteous. Our prayer, sometimes people quit praying because they say, well, I don't see any difference. Well, the thought's been coming to me the last few weeks. What if I quit praying? How much worse could something be if I didn't pray? But right now, there are Americans who are um, fearing for their lives in Afghanistan. There are Afghanistanis as well. There is a, a border crisis. There's uh, all kinds of, there's, there's uh, the COVID, there's Haiti, uh, there's a hurricane coming and all that. And I'm, we're going to take our stand. We're going to bring heaven to earth with our prayers. Amen? Amen. So, Father, we take our stand today. Not uh, weak, not folding our hands, not cowering, but we rise up in the power and authority you've given us. And first, Lord, we come under your authority. Lord, any areas where we've had bad attitude, where we've sinned, Lord, we just right now repent and, and submit ourselves to your authority. By the blood of Jesus, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for lining us up before you, under your authority. And now, Lord, as your church, we ask that your authority be released. Even now, in Afghanistan, would you release angels to protect those who are going through checkpoints, who don't know where to go? I ask for um, a release of your spirit to cause a blindness over the Taliban, to not see what uh, their eyes would show them, that they could just walk right past Lord, I declare, Lord, those who don't know you, may they run to you. May angels come preach salvation to those even now in Afghanistan. Lord, set broken bones in Haiti from those who have suffered such a pain with all that in Haiti with that um, earthquake. Lord, would you protect those on the eastern seaboard right now? Come on, church. Come with me right now. We're engaged. We're not... We're not spectators. We are on the field right now. Lord, we take our stand. Intervene. Cause uh, calamity to go from those villages, from those places, those cities on the East Coast. Lord, stop the border crisis. Stop the fentanyl. Lord, in Jesus' name, anyone in the hospital right now with COVID, Lord, that we know or that's, that's battling this, Lord, we thank you now. For the power of the blood that releases healing. Lord, we will not shy back, but we will rise up in our authority. And we, we say to those bodies, be healed. To Randy Wyatt, to uh, Russ Baskin that I know from East Texas. Lord, release healing in their bodies as they're in the hospital right now. Really continue to release healing to Linda Polk. Release healing to anyone else that's going through this. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. We believe you will do more because we ask for more. 
in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, would you release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that would help us to take hold of the possession, the provision of Jesus for us. And Lord, anyone here in the sound of my voice that may feel a lack of confidence that they are an heir of you, anyone here that has this sense, this, this lie they're believing that they don't qualify for the benefits that you purchased for us through your blood on the cross, Lord, would you help us today, help me today to access the great salvation you purchased for me on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. As a one who likes to pray, I looked at a room. I went, oh, all these people who can agree with me. <sighs> one can put a thousand. Ah, we're going to do this. Thing. And I believe we've made a difference already today. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. Well, before we receive communion, we're going to receive communion in a few, a few moments. Um, I want to focus in on the key verse that unfolds this glorious truth of our inheritance. And it's, one, it's a short verse. It's 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. And it is so power-packed, I want to kind of put a microscope up to it and look at it piece by piece because it has so much to, to tell us, so much to show us. Um, now, there are different ways to translate 2 Corinthians 1.20 uh, because the Greek of the New Testament, the, the original language of the New Testament is Greek, and the, the way that the Greek is, it's so condensed that it's hard to have just like one basic translation. So I'm going to share two. I put them in your notes uh, that are both very powerful. They're very good. Second, Second Corinthians 1.20 in the King James Version. I'm going to read them both. This is a beautiful version, by the way. For all the promises of God in him, that's Jesus, are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. New International Version, very powerful. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, that's Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Wow. I want to repeat that last phrase. And so through Jesus, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Wow. Whichever translation we look at, and both are good, there are certain points that emerge. And I want to give a brief explanation of these points. Roman numeral 2, paragraph A. First of all, it's all the promises of God. All the promises of God are available to us. Not some of them, but all of them. The inheritance for a Christian is all the promises of God. It's not like, you know, your, your sister gets the house and, you know, your brother gets all the jewelry and your cousin gets the Lamborghini and the Range Rover and you get the couch, okay? You know, it's not like, like that. It, so that whole illustration I started thinking this morning, that sounds pretty materialistic, like stuff. So 
I'll, I'll, I'll move to a higher level and be spiritual and say, it's like your sister gets the health, your brother gets the peace, your cousin gets the prosperity, you know, the Lamborghini, and, and you get the joy. No, they're all for us. They're all the promises. And in Luke 15, um, it says in this, the, the story of the prodigal son, the father says to the older son, everything I have is yours. So it's all the promises. Second, it's in the present tense. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It's paragraph B, they are. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. You know, some people have an unfortunate way of interpreting the Bible that robs us in this present age of practically everything, you know, that's worth having. They have this theological view that, well, the miracles were in the past and prosperity is for the millennium when Jesus comes back. And, and in the meantime, as Christians, we're just kind of left with some, a few crumbs of God's, God's moving in our life every now and then. And, but that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say they were. It doesn't say they will be. It says they are now. This is your inheritance as a Christian now. It's all the promises of God. Third, then it says they are yes in Christ. It's all the promises. It's in the present tense. And they are yes in Christ. Now, this is, this is actually two thoughts right next to each other. Yes and in Christ. So I want to start with the in Christ part first. In Christ, there is only one source for the promise, promises, and that's God. There's only one channel by which we receive the promises, and that's Jesus. There's one source, it's God. There's only one channel, and that's Jesus. There's no other way they can come to us. They don't come to us by Buddha or by Muhammad or by Krishna, or by crystals, or by the new age, or by being greatly talented, or by having a lot of self-discipline, and by exerting great self-effort. They only come to us from God through Jesus. Now, I picture this. I like pictures. So I pictured God's the source. The Jesus is the channel. I picture a, a great warehouse, a big warehouse of stuff, okay? So this is a grocery warehouse, and, and so the, the warehouse is full of thousands of promises, spiritually speaking, but there's only one door to go through to get of the promises, and he, the one door, the one channel is Jesus, and so this is actually kind of what I do and a number of our faithful volunteers do during the week is I'll go get food from the back of Randall's warehouse right down the street for our food pantry. And so I'll pull my car up and I'll go up to the door. I'll look in and there's like all these, these items. Right. 
But there's a cart of daily bread. It actually has the date, today's date, on a lot of the bread there and cakes and all that stuff. Um, so I go to the door and I look in. I see the carts waiting. I take hold of the cart. I turn around and go back through the door to my car and bring it here to the church food pantry. And so this is how we see it. There's, but there's only, if you go back to the back of Randall's, there's only one door. There's only one way that I receive it. There's only one source. God's the, the father's the keeper of the warehouse of all the items. And then I go through the door. Now that's not the door. I couldn't, I didn't go back to Randall's and take a, a real picture, but that's a, I guess that's a Kroger or something, yeah, whatever it is. But you get the point. Then it says, that, you know, so, so that's what, yeah, so that's the picture there of the door in the warehouse. Then, now back on in there, yes, in Christ, little, little b in your notes there under paragraph C, is they are yes. All the prompt, this is really big, clue in with me here. This is an emphatic and unambiguous word. All the promises are yes. God doesn't make promises and then change his mind. He doesn't say, you know, I'll do this. And then when you go to him for that promise, he doesn't say, well, you know, on second thought, I think I changed my mind. I don't know if I'll do that or not. It is plain, it is clear, it is unambiguous. God is not flighty, he's not moody, he's not capricious, he says it, he means it. Some of you may have, be familiar with the phrase, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Anybody remember that? Well, in some cases, in many cases, that's true, but in this case, you can mark out the middle line. God said it. That settles it. Whether you believe it or not. I'm going to stop right there. Whether you believe it or not. God says all the promises he has for us are yes. Let that ISAV start to work right now. We will see his heart. We sang, you are good. Is he good? And then he decides, I'm not going to be good. See, where we get tripped up a lot is we look at a circumstance that is so opposite of what the promise says, and we start going, I don't know if you're good. So we see they are yes in Christ. God said it. In this case, that settles it. God says, I promised it, and I meant it, and I stand behind what I promise. However, paragraph D, we have to add something to God's yes. The NIV says, all, all the promises of God are yes, and through him, that's Jesus, through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So we have to add, listen now, we have to add our amen to God's yes. 
It's a powerful picture. You find yourself in a situation where you say, I, I have a real need for God to come here, come in this situation. You go to the word, you find a promise, like Isaiah 54, 17, yes. that says no weapon formed against you will prosper. And you're like, Lord, I'm under attack right now. Oh, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me will prosper. So, God, so you go to God and say, is this promise for me? Yes. And God says... God says yes, unequivocally, emphatically, but in order to appropriate that promise in that given situation, in order to get your arms around that promise and make it your own, you have to say, you have to add your amen to God's yes. He doesn't just wave his hand and, and say it's for everyone. You have to say and you have to let it come out of your mouth. And there are different ways I'll, I'll talk about here in a minute. But we must appropriate with our amen. Now, amen, most of you know, means so be it. Or be it established. So God says, did you, you say, did you mean this for me? God says, yes. And then you say, well, then so be it. You're adding. You're, that was not acting. So be it. Well, what am I doing with that? I'm fighting through all the lies. <clears throat> I'm fighting through what my eyes are showing me by that current circumstance. I'm going, so be it. It's a, it's a relationship. He promises, but he's like, Glenn, you, you got to help me out here. Add your amen to it. Now, saying amen, simply saying the word you know, it's not like, oh, that's the magic word. You know, amen. <laughs> you know, the heavens open and the, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but the Lamborghini drops. No, <laughs> whatever the blessing. Okay, joy, peace, salvation. You say amen is more than just saying the word. It's not like open sesame and somebody remembers that. All right. It's not, it's, it's more than that. There's more that goes into our amen. It involves our attitude, That's right. our attitude about God, our attitude about that promise, our attitude toward other people. It's not like you can just be totally reprobate and a total jerk away from God and go, well, you said amen, so amen. Yeah. No, it's our, it's, it's, our amen involves our attitude. It involves our faith. It involves certain ways of responding, or we respond to God's word in the, in, a, in the right way. We respond to mistreatment in the right way. We respond to other people in the right way. You know, there are different, that's, that's, and, and what we're going to do today, <clears throat> one of the ways our amen is, is today in a few minutes, we're going to receive communion. Receiving the bread and the cup of communion is a way of adding our amen to God's yes. That's really good. I mean, you're going there in a few minutes, you're going <clears> to <throat> get up, stand up, get out of your chair, and come down these aisles <clears throat> and take the bread and the cup. <clears throat> you, excuse me, sorry. You're going to go back to your chair. You're going to, as, together as a church family, 
we're going to receive. And if you're watching online, go you can go get crackers and grape juice at your kitchen later. But you're going to take the bread and the cup, and by doing so, by putting it in your mouth, you are in a sense saying, so be it. You died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for me. I'm in a situation where I need this prom. I need you to break in in this, in this area. So be it. There are lots of ways that we add to just saying the word, amen. Saying amen, I've have some of them in your notes, is declare the promise out of your mouth. You know, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I declare it. Thanking God for the promise. Thank you, God, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Praising God for it related to that promise. You know, no weapon. I I, there's no song I know of. <laughs> but you praise God. That's a way of adding your amen. You know, the, how many of you know the song, The Blessing? Yes. Carrie Job, Cody Carnes, right? The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. And then what does the whole congregation do? Um, 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 right? What are they doing? They're, they're praising their amen. I can't find the key right now. I could have Micah and Marissa come up here and help me help an old man out, but I got you. Thank you. Right now? No, no, no. Yeah, come on. Go ahead. Let's do it. Let's uh, add our amen to whatever promise you're looking at, all right? Oh, gonna go guitar too. Amen. And you know we say amen is like church word all the time, but I'm trying to help put it under the microscope. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And as Suzanne prayed, and give you peace. Now let's just respond. Let's just praise. And amen. right now I died for you that you could have the full inheritance amen Amen. see we could get stuck in a worship leader vortex and do that for the next 30 minutes, but that's great. Thank you, Micah. Thank you. Wow, there's a lot of boxes here for that. That's, wow, that's amazing. A lot of sweet machinery. A lot of sweet machinery there. 
So by declaring, by thanking God, by praising God for the promise, and one of the big ways we say amen, amen is we meet the conditions that many times Scripture, that promise we're looking at, many times there are conditions that we must meet to claim that promise. Malachi 3.11 says, God, God, I'm claiming the promise that you will rebuke the devourer on my behalf. And God's like, hey, big guy, read the condition. It's bring all the tithe into the storehouse and see if not, I'll not open the windows and I will rebuke the devourer. Now, that's a promise. God says it's for everyone, but we meet the conditions. So find the conditions, those blessings, the blessing, you know, um, uh, Deuteronomy 28, the condition is that you lean in and listen diligently to the word of God. So we don't just say, hey, I'm going to take the promise and say amen. So those are some ways, some practical ways that we... I thought I was wondering, well, maybe the Lord wants me to finish. <laughs> I will finish soon. So, um, so this is a really exciting one. All of this, paragraph E, I love this one, is by us. I'm under the microscope. We're looking at all, the amen is spoken by us. It means you and me. It means normal folk like you and me. It means us, people like ourselves, prone to wander, imperfect, tempted to sin. It doesn't say it's by the apostles or by the great preachers or by the great evangelist or missionary or the great saints that have gone before us. It says by us. They're available to us. I woke up this morning. Actually, I heard it Friday in the prayer room. And I was like, I want to hear that again. That really touched my heart. So I played it again in my headphones this morning before the sun came up. And I scribbled it down on my little thing here. Sarah Edwards sings this. This is about, it's just normal people. Listen to what she sings spontaneously. The great heroes of the faith... They're no different than me. Just weak ones found leaning. Just weak ones found believing. Just weak ones who kept on believing. The theme I keep on singing is you delight in mercy. And the, the wise ones keep returning and believing. Again and again. The wise ones keep asking and hoping and repenting and believing. It's just people who've determined they're not going to quit. Worship team, if you could come up. I think I'm, a, I'm a, in a church family that's determined you're not going to quit. Amen. So be it. F, last point here, main point. It's from this verse, 2 Corinthians 1.20. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. The ultimate purpose of existence is to glorify God. 
Like everything exists. All is for your glory. We sing that, right? All is for your glory. Corey Asbury. I think I put some of the lyrics in your notes. He sings this. It's called All is for Your Glory. And it says, there's just one chief end to man's purpose. One main reason for existence. And then it goes down to say, all is for your glory. All is for your name. All is for your glory. That in all things, you may have the first place. That in all things, you may have preeminence. And I couldn't get out of my car back here this morning without the Holy Spirit convicting me to repent of wanting to get glory. I couldn't go through the back door to come in here. I want to give him glory. The ultimate purpose is to glorify God. When we Every time we appropriate the promises of God in faith, we give God glory. The more we appropriate the promises, the more glory we give God. I so loved last week telling how when I needed $20 for gas to get from Waco to Rockwall for my next assignment, there was a $20 bill rolling in the gutter. And then I'd been sleeping, and when I got there, I slept on a floor for four months, and I was driving home from the mall, because I worked at the mall. I said, Lord, I sure would like a bed. Ten minutes later, a total stranger leaves a bed on my porch. Now, I didn't get the glory. I love telling it, because I know it gives him glory. He's my provider. Now, here's something interesting. I'm closing. We're going to transition into the communion here. But you see, really, we have two alternatives. Unbelief or faith. Unbelief robs God of the glory due him. Faith gives God the glory due him. Romans 3.23. Most of us know this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So in essence, when we, the essential nature of sin is that it robs God of the glory due to him. But on the other hand, in Romans 4, we have the pattern of Abraham when it comes to believing. In Romans 4, Paul says this about Abraham, 4 verse 20 and 21. Yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Notice Abraham's conviction that if God promised anything, that God had the power to do it. He didn't waver. He responded to God's yes with his amen. And in that way, he gave glory to God. Now, here's the thing. It was fun to say I saw a $20 bill last week. But you don't have to wait to actually have the promise happen to you before you give God glory. Just the fact that you get your arms around that promise and you claim it in faith, 
That right now is giving God glory. Well, I don't have, I haven't had that breakthrough yet. I guess I can't give God glory. No, you have the choice right now. Rob God of the glory due him or give God glory. Let's all stand up if you would to your feet. What is the situation? Now, someone counted there's over 8,000 promises of God in here. That's why I wanted to show you that warehouse. There are 8, 000, over 8,000 promises, but you don't need all 8,000 promises right at that moment. There are a situation you're facing, a need you have, and there's one promise right now that the Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to show you, you need to put your foot down on that promise and claim that promise and say amen to that promise. And so I put it in your notes. Here's, here's how I would define the... Where is that? Yeah. Here's how I would, I would define saying this. Every... Where are my notes? because I want to get this word right. Yeah, I would sum up 2 Corinthians 1.20 this way. I have it in big black. Uh, I'll, I'll emphasize. Every promise that fits my situation and meets my need is for me now. That's, that's so important. I wanted to make sure I said it right. 8,000 promises... Every promise that fits my situation and meets my need, that's the one for me now. Our people who are going to give out the elements, if you would come up. I believe everyone in this room wants their life to bring glory to God. But we need God to help us. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.